Hi there, we're back with another episode of Conversations with Father Greg, and today we have a homily for Sunday, September 12th, 2021. This Sunday we have another reading from the letter of James. Let's take a listen. James writes, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at chips. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire! And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives, or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. The Word of the Lord May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to begin today by telling you about an encounter that I had a couple of weeks ago. Many of you may know that, like many people in my building, I have a dog. Over the last few years, one of my neighbors and I have become dog-walking buddies. We will often walk our dogs together at least three or four times a week. Recently, my friend and I seem to have been on different schedules, and it's been two or three weeks since we've walked together. At first, I scratched it up to us both being busy. Then I sent him a couple of texts, which went unanswered, so I, I paid a little bit more attention. The other day I bumped into my friend, and I could tell that something was off. After a couple of minutes, he opened up and admitted that something that I had said had struck him the wrong way. I had unintentionally offended him, and he had spent some time trying to get past it. Eventually, he called me on it, and we talked it through. The offense was definitely unintentional, and I was a little bit shocked that he had taken it the way that he had. But whether or not I had intended to offend him, the wound had still occurred. Well, I'm happy to say that we're on the mend now, but like many things, it'll take some time for things to strengthen back up again. 
This all got me to thinking about all the things that can impact our communication and our relationships, both for good and for bad. Whether by letter, text, or email, written communication lacks tone and can be easily misunderstood. Misunderstandings are not limited to written communication, though. Imagine that it's the end of a long day and, and I'm tired. Maybe I lash out in response to something that my spouse either says or does. Stuck in traffic, with children arguing in the back seat of the car, I lose my temper. After spending 20 minutes on hold, my patience has worn thin, and I lose it all over the customer service person who answers the phone. In my life, I have been on both sides of each one of those situations. I know what it feels like to have my feelings hurt by an unkind word that is just out of proportion to the circumstance. I also know how it feels to have to apologize for my own words and actions. I'd be willing to wager that you've probably had similar experiences too. If you have ever been in either of those situations, you've probably had a front row seat to our reading from the letter of James. James compares the human tongue to a small rudder that can manipulate the course of a huge ship. He also compares the tongue to a tiny flame, like on a matchstick, which has the potential to burn down an entire forest. Think about that for a moment. Fire has the power to heat a home and to cook a meal. It also has the power to devastate. James elaborates that the things that we say reveal the content of our personality. James is saying that the words coming out of our mouths reveal our true inner nature to those around us who are attentive enough to listen. There's an old saying that goes, there's no truer word than said in jest. And it means that even when we're joking around, there's often an element of truth in our humor. Considered carefully, even our humor can tell something about what we and others believe. James' words are very reminiscent of Jesus' words from our gospel reading a couple of weeks ago. Jesus told members of the religious establishment that externals do not defile a person. That comes from inside. We begin to see that the way that we speak and the way that we treat others says something about the way that we value them, even if that's on a subconscious level. This all might be something that we already know deep down if we've ever been on the receiving end of a sharp word or an impatient comment. I'm reminded of a conversation that I had with some friends not too long ago. As we chatted, we marveled at the impact that different kinds of feedback can have. Now, I can receive 10 compliments about almost anything that I've done, whether it's a meal that I've prepared or some pictures that I've taken or a homily that I've delivered. But if I get one piece of criticism, whether merited or not, it can really sting. 
A variety of experience tells us that our words have power. They can heal and affirm, or they can wound and tear down. The power of our words is a timeless truth. Elsewhere, during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his listeners, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. So, when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift to God. Jesus' words serve as a reminder of the impact that our words can have on the life of another person. In fact, Jesus took the power of our words so seriously that he said they can kill. Our words may not kill the body, but certainly there is more to a person than our bodies. Jesus' teaching about communication reminds us to always consider that the true value of another human being goes much deeper than the physical. Even when we disagree with another person, we need to find ways to do so with respect, recognizing the other person as made in the image of God. Jesus went so far as to tell his listeners to mend their relationships with other people before approaching the temple to worship God. Scripture is peppered with sayings like, In all aspects of life, do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. Later on, we read that Paul encouraged the Christians in Ephesus to always speak the truth but to do so in a way that is loving and compassionate. This all gives a pretty clear mandate. Our relationships with other people are important. Because of the importance of those relationships, our communications with others should always be honoring and compassionate. There is no question that disagreements will occur. What is in question is how we respond when they do happen. On occasion, everyone needs a little correction, but how is that correction offered, and how is it received? Nowhere in Scripture do we have any provision for this concept of being brutally honest. While we are all called to honest communication, we must always temper our honesty with compassion, never ever being brutal. At all times, we are encouraged to take the best interest of other people to heart, living compassionately and treating each other with the respect that we hope to receive. Let's pray. Dear God, you have made us each unique, and yet we are all made in your image. We pray for grace and unity in the church and ask that you would help us all to live in godly fellowship and love. 
Give us tender hearts so that we can encourage each other as we grow together in your spirit. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.